Welcome back to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, and uh, I am recording this immediately after AW All Out, and uh, what a show it was. And obviously, there is a ton to talk about with this show in particular, but we're going to do that uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, we're going to go a bit more in depth into the actual full show and talk about that as well on our YouTube channel, which uh, we'll discuss here in a bit. But let's just jump right into uh, the big, big stuff, I guess you could say. There was a lot of big stuff that happened on AEW All Out uh, on Sunday night, but there were certainly some more significant things when it came to um, three particular items, I think, that everyone, either you expected to happen at some point, you knew you were getting one of them, which of course was CM Punk's in-ring return against Darby Allen, but you also knew that there were rumors out there about the potential of Brian Danielson uh, joining. We discussed that on the predictions episode. Uh, and you knew there was the possibility that you could also see Adam Cole potentially debut with AEW at some point. What does AEW do? <laughs> they put those ladders to Danielson and Adam Cole uh, in the same segment to end what will, without question, be AEW's biggest pay-per-view ever from a, a buy rate standpoint. Uh, there is no doubt that uh, this will be their most purchased pay-per-view of all time. I just, I would be very surprised if it's not. Uh, and there is also little doubt that uh, there has really ever been any more buzz than they're going to have right now coming out of this show based on the fact that you did have Punk's return in the ring, but you also had two active WWE, you know, superstars, uh, people who were positioned as top stars in the company, whether on the main roster or whether in NXT, now actively leave the company and choose to sign with the closest thing that WWE has had to competition in many years. So that is very significant. But let's talk first, before we get into to those two in particular, about Punk's in-ring return. I thought it was one, and I said this on Twitter I didn't exactly know what my expectations would be for this match. I think a lot of people, you know, you didn't expect Punk to to come back just saying, all right, I'm going to come back without any preparation or anything. You know he's been preparing for this for quite a while, and you know, um, you know, there's been a lot of thought that's gone into how this match would go, because remember, <laughs> it has been seven and a half years. So Punk's had a long time to think about uh, how his, his return match would go. Certainly, you know, there were probably a lot of thoughts over those seven and a half years. Didn't know the opponent, didn't know where it was going to be, when it was going to be, or anything. But he's had a long time to think about certain things, I would imagine, in terms of, of what it would look like once he actually stepped back into the ring. And to have the opponent he had in Darby Allen, um, it seems like from the beginning, there was always going to be one primary goal. And that was going to be, how can we make Darby Allen an even bigger star than he already is? And of course, if you listen to Tony Khan, all of his interviews, everything, and it's not just that. I mean, it's just you see what AEW sees in Darby Allen. You've seen all the positions they put him in, uh, whether it's, you know, the pairing with Sting, just everything they've done with him. But it's, it's also something to where you knew this match was going to be not just about Punk, and his return. That was going to be, you know, certainly the biggest label for a lot of people was just to see what that looked like. But if you're looking at it from an AEW standpoint, the bigger thing is how can we go into this probably and say, all right, coming out of this, Darby Allen's going to be a bigger star than when he came in. And I think they executed that very, very well with this particular match. And uh, I just, I thought it told a great story. Like that was the thing for me that probably stood out more than anything. 
was it was just a great story because, and I think this is where Excalibur helps so much in these areas. Um, you know, he just points out the little things sometimes that really make a big difference. Now, of course, if you're in the crowd, you can't hear this, but you get the, the gist of it. Like you're understanding, you see, you know, as a wrestling fan, you understand what's going on. But I think one of the things Excalibur pointed out was, you know, Punk's strategy of slowing down Darby and, and how, you know, that made so much sense because it is someone who's returning after this long layoff. Darby Allen has this, you know, tremendous speed. He can do all these things in the ring. And if he could speed, if he speeds things up, you know, that's the Punk's disadvantage. And like, I know that's a smaller thing when it comes to wrestling. Like, it's not one of those things that everyone's going to sit there and think about and break down in every little detail. But I think for them, if you look at it from that standpoint, and again, this is where Excalibur comes into it, that is such a tiny detail that if it pops into your brain and you hear that, it just makes all the sense in the world. Of course, like this isn't going to be a match where you're expecting this to be, you know, the Lucha Bros against the Young Bucks, which of course, like I said, we'll talk about in the coming days uh, on some of the other stuff we're going to do both on the podcast and in the video form on our YouTube channel. Uh, but like this made so much sense for Punk to be able to, in that early going, you have the counters they had, um, you know, you had that great spot where Punk gets the near GTS before, you know, Darby has to retreat to the outside. Um, and it's just Punk really trying to slow things down a bit. And that's where you had, you know, some of those more methodical type of holds, but it, it makes sense for CM Punk to do that in this type of match, given the opponent. Um, and I just thought it was another, you know, every little detail I felt like was really on the money in this match. Um, and, you know, it had another great sequence where Punk, I think, hit the GTS, but it knocked Darby through the ropes. That was great to see Punk's reactions. And that's another thing I want to bring up. Uh, and by the way, remember, I'm recording this immediately after the show went off the air. So there's probably a lot of things I'm going to think of after the fact that I'm like, oh, I should have mentioned that or uh, we'll get to it. I'll bring that up when we maybe do the full entire AW All Out review, uh, which will briefly, you know, mention some of this other stuff too. But I think this was something where Punk's mannerisms and his reactions and how he plays to the crowd. I said this on Twitter, like he is still a master at these things. And I think you saw that here. If you just go back and watch, like there are so many of those moments during the match where you can see like Punk play off the crowd. He plays off of Darby. He's, he's just knows how, and this is why he became such a big star because it wasn't just the fact that, you know, it's a guy who can work in the ring great on the mic, but he just, he knows how to get a reaction from the crowd. And I think when you see like, even just the facial expressions, like different things, like when Darby was getting counted out, um, it's the different thing. Like he's looking at the crowd, he's doing all these different visuals. Like there are just so many little things that he does so well. It was awesome to see him back because those are things that you think probably go back and watch some of his matches uh, in the past, and you, you can point them out, but like just to see those back, like this guy is just a master of getting the crowd uh, to react the way he wants them to react. And, and again, that is why he just became such a huge star, uh, was because he knows how to do that. He understands how to bring out that emotion. And I just thought that he was fantastic here in doing that. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the setup after Darby does, you know, the drop off the top, like I just. I thought that was another one of those things where it's like, once you see it, you're like, oh, okay, well, why, why don't people do that? Like, why, why shouldn't they do that? But I just like, that was such a great moment too, because it's like, oh, what a smart move. Here's a veteran who has been studying his opponent, 
He's already said, you know, if he was Darby Allen would be his, his favorite wrestler if he was a kid and all this other stuff. But like he studied that. He knows exactly what to do there and he just sits up to counter it. Uh, another one of those things that like that's what you see a veteran wrestler do in those scenarios. And that's why I thought the storytelling was just it was on point with a lot of the stuff uh, throughout the match. And um, really, I mean, it was, I don't know, again, I don't know what my expectations were. Like, I don't, you know, everybody does star ratings and I, and I understand that, but like, I don't know if I thought going in, this was going to be a three star, four star, five star. Like, I, you know, obviously I don't think I was expecting this to be a perfect match for someone who had had such a long layoff, but I thought this still exceeded everything that I probably thought it would, to be honest. Like, I just, I felt like the chemistry was excellent between these two. Uh, you could really tell going back to the start of this. The goal was to make Darby Allen a bigger star, and I thought they achieved that with flying colors because he comes out of this match, which, again, was really, really good um, from, from a storytelling standpoint. I don't know that they could have done much better with how they did that there with, the, with all the, the smaller things that they got to as well with the attention to detail. Um, I just felt like that they coming out of this, you had the, you know, the post-match sequence where you've got Sting come out and, you know, Sting and, and Punk shake hands. Then they've got both of them sort of, uh, you know, helping up Darby and all this stuff. Like, that's just, that is your, you know, passing of the torch type thing where it's like, all right, we've seen that Darby Allen can do this with CM Punk. Like, we've already seen him do it with all the top AEW stars to this point. But now, like, CM Punk comes back. The, this is the biggest match in Darby Allen's career. And he just, he delivered. Like, he completely delivered. And that's going to make him an even bigger star now. Like he's gotten sort of that, you know, approval from a legend like CM Punk. Uh, what more do you need when it comes to that? So uh, I just, it was excellent stuff. I, I think all parties involved, everyone played their role uh, to perfection here. Uh, you know, Darby getting the boost from the crowd too. Like he just, this was one of those matches that I think you're always going to sort of remember because it's such a significant moment to have Punk coming back. Um, you know, and to make his actual in-ring return. But this is this is one, too, that I think, you know, when we look back at Darby Allen's career, this is certainly one we're probably going to pinpoint and say, look, that guy was a big star then, but he came out of that as an even bigger star. And, and we know, like, he's been he's been a huge, you know, driver for AW in terms of, you know, certain certain things when it comes to just what he's able to, uh, I think, you know, bring in from a crowd standpoint, but I, it's only going to be even bigger now with this. And AEW and Tony Khan, like, they're only going to have even more confidence, I think, in putting him in a lot of these types of roles now uh, moving forward just because he he delivered here. Punk made him look like a star. Uh, but well, Punk, Punk still got it. Like, that was, um, you know, you heard the chance. That was not surprising. But, I mean, he can he can still go in the ring. And it's just like fantastic stuff i thought this was really good um for again for a return match for someone that had been out of the ring for seven and a half years had not had a match at this level uh in that long just just bravo like it was it was good work um and right like i said it just it achieved the goal of putting darby allen over of also putting over the fact that cm punk can still go in the ring it just achieved every objective I think you wanted it to achieve. I mean, sure, I'm sure you go back to the match and find this little spot or this little spot, and you're like, well, maybe it could have done that better. But the overall goal is what we we look at here, and what is the biggest thing we're going to remember from this? I think it's the fact that CM Punk still very, very good at what he does, uh, and it's uh, he's also very, very good at putting over someone like Darby Allen. And 
even with CM Punk winning, like I'm sure there will be people out there that criticize that. Um, we know people will find something to criticize with everything, but uh, it doesn't matter. Like Darby still comes out of this even with a loss. Still huge. Oh, like he's just over huge. And um, this is one of those where it's like, okay, th- throw the actual, you know, finish out the window here in terms of who won, who lost. This was just both of these guys come out of this looking like a million bucks. And so um, that's what you want. And uh, it is just, yeah, th- there's a lot of momentum for AW, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but uh, perhaps when you look at these two in particular, uh, all the momentum on their side uh, coming out of this match between these two. But before we do get to uh, the big, big angle after the main event, let's talk to you about our friends over at Manscaped because support for 411 Wrestling does come from our friends at Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, uh, the champions of the world. In that category, of course, uh, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. You can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. Uh, 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code 411wrestling at manscaped.com. Uh, again, remember, I've told you guys before, I'm one of the first people to try the new Lawnmower 4.0, and let me tell you, I'm blown away by the performance, uh, the craftsmanship, the details. This 4.0, it's got it all. It's on the next level. Um, it is the ultimate body trimmer, and uh, it just gives you an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Uh, and let me tell you, too, the multifunction on-off switch, uh, great for traveling. You have that. You've also... Uh, got the wireless charging, just a fantastic charging system. Uh, you can take your time because Manscaped has you covered with this charging system. And by the way, you know my favorite part of this, uh, the LED spotlight. So if you need a little bit more of that uh, precise shave there below the belt, uh, the LED spotlight, all you gotta do is turn it on and uh, boom, you're set uh, with that. And let's be honest, as we keep saying, if you're shaving your face and body with the same trimmer, you're doing it wrong. Boost your confidence with this new body trimmer with Manscaped uh, to make me time the best time with a smooth shave. And remember, 20% off free shipping with the code 411wrestling at manscaped.com. Use the best tools for the job. Again, 20% off free shipping with the code 411wrestling at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com. Promo code 411wrestling. Unlock your confidence with the new Lawnmower 4.0 from manscaped and let's get into the big main event angle here which uh was something that i think we were all sort of expecting uh, based on the fact that this match was slotted where it was you knew you were going to get something big that was the big discussion we had on the uh, predictions episode for aw all out was it going to be cm punk versus darby allen wasn't going to be christian cage versus kenny omega in the main event we said if you're going to put Omega and Christian Cage there, you know you're going to get something big angle-wise, and that most likely would be centered around the rumors uh, that Brian Danielson was going to make his, his debut uh, at this pay-per-view, and that is exactly what happened. Um, and I'm not going to get into the actual Omega-Cage match just yet because we're going to do that, uh, again, over the next couple of days, both podcast and video form, so be sure I'll put all the links to that with our YouTube and everything in the show notes. But uh, because I have a lot to say about that match, too, because I think it's one uh, th- that there's some things that need to be talked about. And, and again, a lot of them are positive when it comes to uh, how that match played out. And I, I do want to make sure we give uh, Christian Cage some respect because uh, that that is something that we are definitely going to go into in detail because uh, I just thought it was a, a great performance from him. But 
Afterwards, you do get Brian Danielson making his AEW debut. Uh, but before that, <laughs> which I thought was just very smart, and I mean, it's it's the ultimate flex, right? Like if you want to call the CM Punk thing was a big flex for Tony Khan to be able to say, look, I got CM Punk. I brought him back to wrestling. Now you're flexing in a different way where it's you're taking what I said earlier, two active WWE main eventers in different spots, whether it's, you know, Danielson on the main roster, Adam Cole, NXT, you're debuting them in the exact same segment to end your biggest pay-per-view in history. Like that is the big flex from Tony Khan uh, to do that. And I just thought it was it was a pretty genius move to do it that way. And I, and I can imagine, I haven't looked on Twitter because remember, I'm recording this right afterwards. I haven't looked at anything. Uh, I'm sure reports will come out how everything came together and all this, but I'm sure there'll be people saying, well, why do you debut both of them at the same time in the same segment? Like spread it out and get your max. Like I understand that part. But this is where, remember, this is your lasting image on your biggest pay-per-view to date is that two main stars from the competition, which, like we said, we can go into that whole, that's a whole other podcast too, about you know where AEW's at in terms of competition and WWE and everything like that. But the visual is that two active stars who were main eventers in their area, uh, you know wherever that was, whether it was main roster NXT, in WWE actively chose to leave that company and now come to the company that has all this momentum. Uh, that's a big deal. Like that's significant. And I know a lot of people will probably, you know, go the route of, of the Monday Night Wars and everything in that area, you know, people jumping and all this other stuff to different promotions. Uh, it's fun to look at it that way. Obviously the ratings and viewership is not as high as it was then, but it is kind of fun to look at it from that standpoint. Because it does it does tell a little bit of a story itself. Like, I mean, it is it is something that I think when you really think about it here, um, again, these are two people who were positioned as top stars in the company. Um, you know, yes, Adam Cole wasn't positioned as a top star in the main roster, but he was in NXT, and it wasn't, wasn't just, you know, a one-time thing. Like, he was perceived as one of the best talents, one of the top stars to come through NXT to this point. And then, of course, with Brian Danielson, not only did he main event the most recent WrestleMania, which is not that long ago, uh, but he is a WrestleMania main event winner uh, doing it at WrestleMania 30. Yes, that was you know seven years ago, but still, like that is that's a big deal. I mean, this is a guy who just came from main eventing, um, you know, in the company at WWE to now choosing that his next direction he wanted to be coming to this company called AW that does have all this momentum. And so I think that visual is huge to have that. You know, if you're a casual person looking in and you're just like, wait a second, like I just saw these guys in WWE or NXT or whatever. And now they've, you know, they like, man, I, they've jumped over to this other company. Well, if I'm someone that hasn't necessarily, you know, followed AEW that closely, it's like, well, now I feel like I need to pay attention because there's a reason, obviously, that they have made this choice to leave the biggest company in the world and now go to this other company. There's a reason for that. And so, I, and, I mean, if you just look at, like, too, the, the crowd, the entire night, the crowd was fantastic. Like, the atmosphere, I don't think you could have asked for anything better. Uh, remember, to, to have this pay-per-view, knowing it was going to be this huge, you could not have asked, I think, for a better situation and a better setup 
to do this how they did it. And that's where all these little details come into play uh, to have everything, you know, for this to be where it was at, like the location, to have the punk dynamic, and now to have these two massive debuts on you know your show. And, and that is not even to mention some of the other stuff. Like we said, like we'll get more into the Ruby Soho, Minoru Suzuki. Like there's just there was so much on this card. And it's just like I think the the one thing you're gonna come out of this thinking is again, two guys who active top stars in the company that is perceived as the best in the world and certainly from a business standpoint is the best in the world. Um like this is this is just a big deal. And I don't know exactly if we know just yet the long term, you know, what this means long term. But I do think something we do know for sure is that the fact is is that we talk about the punk return and this is not to in any way diminish anything about the punk return. But the the Brian Danielson one to me is just so significant because it is someone who is an active star, who has been in that company, um, you know, and really has been part of one of their biggest sort of fan-driven moments, storylines, angles, whatever you want to call it, in the past decade. Like, that was one of the biggest, you know, things. If you ask people, I'm sure, like, it's it's one of the most significant things WWE has done. Um, I mean, they they weren't the ones that probably initially jump-started it. We know that. But... He was someone that was part of one of the biggest things in that company and really one of the most memorable from a fan standpoint um, in the past decade or so. And so it is, uh, it's, it's huge. And I just, I keep thinking about all these possibilities now uh, with, with how you do this. But I think if you look at this, this segment and we look at it in the present, um, there, there's just so much you can do with this now because it does send a message that AEW, who already brought back CM Punk, and we, you know, John Moxley also jumped from WWE to AEW. That was a different time, though. Like that was a big deal, but it was a different time now. When you see all of this goodwill, all this momentum that AEW's built up, like it's an even bigger deal because it is, you know, it's Brian Danielson. Like this guy has been considered one of the best in the world for many years now, and he just, he just like now has decided to come over and be part of AW as an active competitor. Um, and so, again, you go off, your, you're off the pay-per-view at the end of your biggest pay-per-view of all time with him in the ring, you know, with younger stars too, right? Like, that's what we talk about. Like, he's in there with Jungle Boy. Um, and I think it's just, there's so much that you can take away from this, but I, I think when it comes down to it is, now the, the precedent has been set in terms of, before, yes, you've had people jump, leave WWE, um, or get released by WWE and come to AEW, but this one just feels a little bit different because it is, and this is not to take anything away from Adam Cole, because he's he's part of this equation too, because Adam Cole could have been someone that goes from NXT and now he gets his WWE main roster run. And I just think though, if you're Adam Cole and you looked at that and you see how WWE has used NXT talent. Uh, I know every, the one everyone's going to point to is Karrion Cross. Um, that's the first one that jumps out because it's the most recent um, example of potentially your career being completely different than what it was in NXT than what it's going to be on the WWE main roster. So do you take that chance or do you go somewhere else where, you know, your, your significant other and Britt Baker is there 
and you can go be there with with people you've worked with, you know, throughout your entire career. You've got a lot of friends there. It just made a lot of sense for Adam Cole. Um, I can't say that anybody should be shocked that he would leave given all those circumstances. And to bring him in the way that they did, you're putting him in there, you know, with the elite now. Like you're immediately putting him into that spotlight where he's going to be with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and and all those guys on television every week. Like he's now part of that group again. Um, so you know he's going to be featured in a prominent way. Uh, meanwhile, in WWE, what, what, what would we be doing on Raw? Like what would he be doing on SmackDown? Um, I just, I don't know. And I think that's where maybe you get more of that assurance. And, and it just made, I think, a lot more sense for Brian Danielson um, to, or excuse me, for Adam Cole uh, to be put in that situation. Uh, whereas you're just taking a lot of risks. I think if you, you stay the, the current path he would have stayed on. And now if you, if you followed his career and maybe you didn't know a lot about Adam Cole before you watched him in NXT and you saw everything with the undisputed era and his rise and the way he became a, st- a top star on that brand. Well, now you're looking at it as though, wait a minute, like he didn't, he didn't go from NXT to WWE main roster like we've seen a lot of these people do. He went from NXT to AEW. Like that's that's different. Like that's a different layer that gets added to it uh, from I think just a a viewership and, and fan standpoint because now that's going to pique people's interest. And that's like we say with Brian Danielson is you're seeing it, him go from being in a featured spot on WWE's top weekly TV show, which is SmackDown, and and he's decided, hey. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go now and see what I can do over here. Um, I just, that speaks volumes to, I think, where things stand for the crowd who wants to believe that, uh, you know, AW maybe will always be in this one spot and they'll always be in this one corner and they'll never be able to kind of reach that level from WWE. Like we said, that's a much bigger discussion because from a business standpoint, WWE isn't going out of business tomorrow. <laughs> They've got all the money they need. They've got all the money in the world. They have zero issues when it comes to that. And from a money-making standpoint, we're always, at least right now, with the way things stand, like in terms of the current leadership and everything, like you're never going to have any concerns about WWE having the money uh, on their side. But I think this thing gets a lot more interesting when it comes to viewership, fans, and that sort of stuff, uh, which is important for a company like AEW. Like, it's it's significant. It's also significant for WWE because, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, we, we've, we've seen the reports when it comes to uh, USA Network and all this other stuff. I mean, there comes a point in time, probably, where if your ratings get to a certain level, which, oh, by the way, Monday Night Football starts next week, and that's another thing that WWE has to consider when it comes to Raw and those types of things. We've already seen Raw drop to a level, um, and those kind of things. And now, you know, if you're USA Network or if you're some of the Fox or whoever, um, you're seeing some of these top stars that perhaps, you know, have been the face of certain parts of your your company at times, now leave for AW. Like, that's, that's going to catch attention. And um, I just think it's so fascinating. It's such a fascinating time in wrestling. Um, and I think it's like, I like, just enjoy it. And that's what we've said before is like, just enjoy it because this kind of stuff is just, this is as fresh and sort of um, as new, maybe, I don't even know if new is the right word, but like, it feels like a new era in wrestling, which like we said, you could go back through not just the, the Adam Cole, Brian Danielson stuff, but it's the, you know, 
it's it's the Minoru Suzuki. Like it's those kind of things. Like we have not seen these kind of things happen in wrestling in a long time. Um, and it just feels like we're entering a new era, which we've already been there. You know, the Forbidden Door. Everybody makes their jokes about it and everything, but we're we're in a new period here. And I just I feel like it's gonna be one that. Like, this could be a turning point for AW, and I think the end of this pay-per-view in particular could be a significant turning point for AW with with these two guys arriving um, and, you know, making the choice that this is a better situation for them in their wrestling careers. And that's where, even from a money standpoint, a business standpoint, if AW isn't, you know, certainly catching WWE right now, when it comes to the momentum the goodwill of fans, those types of things, which eventually do pay off from a money and business standpoint. And, and we're going to see that, I think, with this pay-per-view buy rate for All Out. That is where AEW is gaining ground in a, in a manner that I don't think we could have predicted as fast as it's happened. Because um, remember, we're still, what, basically from the start of Dynamite, like less than two years. So that's that's a that's a pretty quick rapid ascent um to where they are now and I think with their when you're adding these types of stars in this sort of unprecedented manner the way that they did this angle you know tonight at all out um this is this is something that could could really be a special thing for AW um and uh I think we will we will certainly talk a lot more about it. I, this is just stream of consciousness for 30 minutes because there was a lot to take away from this pay-per-view. And as I said, we will get into a lot more of it um, here on the podcast on 411 on Wrestling and on our YouTube channel, 41Mania. Um, I'll put the links to that in the show notes because we're going we're gonna to talk a lot more about the other stuff. Like I mentioned, Ruby Soho, uh, she wins the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, Minoru Suzuki and John Moxley is now set up for Dynamite. Just so much happening in AEW, but uh, they have a lot of momentum on their side. They've never had more momentum. Now, how do you keep building that? Because you have brought out, you've brought out the big guns now. Like you have played um, your biggest hand to date. And how do you continue to capitalize on that? How do you keep building that momentum? That's where it gets interesting. You know, there are still people out there, right? There's still Bray Wyatt. Like there's still other stuff they could do. Uh, but this is just a fascinating time to be a wrestling fan. And like it or not, AEW's a big part of that because. They have, you know, sort of changed the game. And I think that's kind of what JR said, didn't he, on commentary, that this was a game changer. Like, maybe this isn't a game changer in terms of AW all of a sudden becomes the number one wrestling company in the world from a business standpoint. But I think from a, a momentum, a fan perspective, and just from the nature of the circumstances and the scenario that we just talked about, Maybe it does wind up being a game changer. We'll see. Um, so be sure to check out everything we got going on at 41mania.com. Obviously, all our reviews, uh, all the news coming out of All Out, it'll all be over there. So check it out uh, on that. And uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm going to put out some videos over the next couple of days with more uh, thoughts on a lot of the stuff that took place at All Out. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, again, you're listening to this in audio form. You can check out more video stuff we're going to have on the way over on our YouTube channel, so be sure to subscribe to that. I'll have the link to it in the uh, the show notes, and as always, I'll have the link to the GoFundMe uh, for Larry Zonka's family in the show notes as well, so be sure to continue to contribute and share uh, that if you can. 
And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, 411 on Wrestling, any podcast app you use. Uh, check it out there and uh, everything else, 411mania.com. But uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. And uh, I'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. <laughs>